Welcome to episode 65 of Now We're Talking. I'm Rob Danish from the University of Waterloo, and I'm a professor of communication studies there. And uh, this is a podcast about communication skills. So in the last couple of episodes, in episode 63 and episode 64, I was trying to get at uh, two characteristics of, uh, I think, effective communication, regardless of the situation or the position one is in. So balancing warmth and directness works in interpersonal settings, it works in small group settings, it works for leaders, uh, it works for public speakers, it works in a range of different scenarios. Uh, not or avoiding invalidating others or stopping the process of invalidating others is also helpful for leaders to engage in. It's helpful in interpersonal communication, it's helpful in small group communication, it's helpful in public speaking. So these kinds of things are useful over a range of different settings. Today I want to talk about a third, uh, a third kind of positive communication practice that is helpful regardless of the situation. And it gets at kind of one of the deeper sort of misunderstandings of communication that I've trying been trying to explain in, in various ways over various episodes in this podcast. Um, and that has to do with the difference between meaning and information. And I think really good communicators focus on meaning and not on information. They're more interested in, or they think meaning that is more important than information exchange. So I spent a good deal of time in several episodes talking about the difference between the transmission model of communication, which assumes that information is sent from one person to another. Uh, and then that's the central component of the communicative interaction. And another model of communication that we might call the rhetorical model of communication, whereby the effects produced by an act of communication are more important than, than the information that it's exchanged. The reason that effects are more important than transmission of information is because the meaning of something is an outcome of an interaction. So an important characteristic of meaning is it's not a pre-existing property of an event or an idea or a story or uh, a moment in time. Meaning is an outcome of communicative interactions. It's, it's, what, it's the place we come to with others after we've done some talking. Um, so let's, let's talk about what meaning is and why we should pay attention to it. And we can talk a little bit about what information is and why we might want to pay less attention to that. Um, I actually think that meaning is one of the more ambiguous or difficult to define words in the English language. It's because we're asking what the meaning of meaning is. And uh, we could get tripped up because when we try and define a lot of words, the meaning of the word is the, the, the denotative representational thing that the word is trying to capture. So dog means the fur-legged furry creature. Um, it's the thing that the, the letters D-O-G represents in the world. Well, that gets us to the question, well, what does meaning represent? And obviously the word meaning is trying to get at the very idea of representation. It's, it's getting at all of the complexities around representation. So let's do a little etymological work um, and trace some of the origins of, of the word meaning. 
Um, it's cognate with the um, Middle English, uh, which originally in the Middle English, it meant intent or purpose or sense. Uh, in the Dutch, it means view or opinion or judgment. In the German, it means kind of opinion, view, mind, idea, uh, sense, opinion. In the Icelandic, uh, Icelandic have their own word for it, which also has this sense of sense or view. Um, if I were going to give an offhand definition of the word meaning, I would say it's the value, purpose, or significance of something. The value, purpose, or significance of something. It's the importance or the point of something. And notice the first word I used is, is value. By saying that meaning is the value of something or the, the purpose or significance of it, I'm trying to highlight something more than just the denotative representational thing that a word is after. So whenever a word means something, it has a value beyond what it just represents. So moments ago, my son just got braces. He's got a, he got his braces yesterday for the first time. And, you know, I asked that I was texting back and forth with him someplace else right now. I said, you know, uh, do they hurt this morning? And he's like, yeah, they kind of hurt some. And I said, well, maybe you should take some Advil or, you know, take something for it. And, you know, I'm, it'll get better eventually bother hurting. So he texts back a thumbs up. And so the thumbs up means like, it's okay, like fine. But the value or the purpose or the significance of the thumbs up is more than just the denotation of the thumbs up. Like you have to know him in the context. He texts the thumbs up when he doesn't want to talk anymore over text. Like that's his ending text message. So he's also the, like the, the, the value or the significance of that is like, okay, I don't want to talk about this anymore. This is the end of the conversation. That's the meaning of the thumbs up. So communication is, or people that are good at communication are always paying attention to these values, purposes, or significances of a communicative interaction beyond just what the denotative representational informational content of some interaction includes. Um, and so here's another way to look at it. Uh, information is usually associated with data or knowledge. Um, it's got our, our data represents the values we attribute to some parameters usually, uh, and knowledge is usually about some abstract or concrete concept. Um, but information in mathematical terms is really the kind of resolution of uncertainty. It has to do with the resolution of uncertainty. Um, but, and, and if you look at the etymology of, of information, it, it has this sense of giving form to something or to discipline it or to instruct it. Uh, to inform itself comes uh, via the French from the Latin verb informer, which means to give form or to form an idea. So there's this sense in which um, I think information always has this this sort of if I'm transmitting information I'm transmitting this already formed thing this already piece of a, a formed thing from me to you and I'm giving you that kind of formed thing um, and I think that deeply misunderstands the problem of human communication because the forming of anything happens interactively between people. 
So you cannot transmit already formed information in the, in the sense that that information would have meaning attached to it. Um, because the meaning that we get from some interaction is, is an outcome. It doesn't exist uh, just for me. So like invalidation is an example of this, right? The, you know, let's say I have a colleague and my colleague says to me, uh, she's a woman and she says, you know, look, I had a really difficult first couple, first year on the job here. Uh, I felt like I didn't have any support at all when I made the adjustment to working here. And that was a big problem for me. And I think I, I say, oh, okay, listen. And then a day later, I write my colleague an email and say, hey, you know what? You did have a lot of support. Here's all the ways in which you had support when you started working here. I have invalidated her for starters. I've said that the feeling you had of not feeling supported, that's not true. And what I'm trying to do is pass along information about all of the things that were done to help support her when she moved into that new position. And I'm presenting them as kind of already formed bits of fact or bits of, of data. And as a communicator, I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know, I don't think like this, so I would never write an email like this, but I think the author of the email is just thinking, well, if I express the information that I know with the already existing form of the world as I see it to this person, my job as a communicator will be done. So, you know, in this hypothetical example, the person writes an email and says, oh, look, you, you really were supported your first year. You got um, a startup grant, you had access to all these things, you know, you had a course release, here's all the ways in which you were supported. Well, how's the person that receives the email gonna gonna feel in response to that? Their reaction is gonna be, oh, this guy's a jerk. He just invalidated my own feeling. He just dumped a bunch of information on me that I already know. But the, what's what's being contested is the meaning of that information. And she's saying back, like, look, that wasn't support to me. What mattered, what was support to me looks differently. Uh, it, it didn't look like the things that you're describing. Um, and so the value or the importance or the significance um, of that person's first kind of year on the job and what it meant is contested and is always already contested. And if people are just thinking in the communicative situation, if they just think, if I share more information that will clear up the contestation over meaning, that's foolish. It's, that's just not how it works. Um, that's not how communication happens. And in fact, if anything, uh, the person that writes that email makes everything worse because he's engaged in validation, uh, which will further show the person that thinks that they weren't supported, that they really don't have support. And it will make the person that wrote the email think that they really did have support and they're just a fool. And so we have these competing um, understandings of what's going on in this situation and sharing information about it will not help. It, it, it will not resolve the contest over the meaning, the value, the importance, the significance of some event. Um, so I think that people that are really good at communication, they remember that meaning is an outcome of an interaction and meaning has to do with the value, the significance, um, the purpose of that interaction. It gets at the kind of sense we make of the world um, and the sense we make of a particular moment in time or a particular event or a particular encounter. It allows us 
to, and, and in fact, the meaning of the thing allows us to make a judgment or form an opinion uh, or give sense to an event that will allow at least for an opinion or a view or judgment on, on that event. Um, and meaning is actually what motivates people to act, not information. So if you have information in politics, you know, it works like this. If you have some information like, okay, there's, um, there's, I don't know how many gun deaths in America now. There, there's X number of mass shootings in the United States in the last few years. We have and uh, increasing numbers of mass shootings, increasing numbers of dead of mass shootings, etc. So you have a bunch of information, a bunch of data, a bunch of facts about uh, those mass shootings. Well, also, what do they mean? What, what's the point of them? What's the significance of those mass shootings? And what you have on the right is a contest over, well, the right knows it, they're in a contest over the meaning of that of the, the data, that information. And on the right, the talking points come out like, oh, you know, these are just, we have a mental health issues. These are just people with mental health issues. Um, to them, the significance of that data, that information has to do with uh, mental health problems among the population of Americans. Um, of course, if the left wants to advocate for successfully secure gun control measures, they have to give, um, they have to involve, be involved in a process that gives that data meaning, value, importance, significance, uh, a point of view, et cetera, that will lead to a judgment ultimately in the favor of, of gun control. Um, so they have to talk in ways that uh, assign value or they have to engage in processes that will assign value uh, to that kind of data. Um, this works in companies too. Uh, really good leaders in companies, they will think through like what's the meaning or what's the value, what's the importance, what's the significance of what we're doing here. And they'll be able to talk in terms of that value, that significance. Um, they were, and this is another way in an earlier episode I talked about, you know, you start with why. If you organize, if leaders organize their messages, both why first and what or how second, or even advertisements you know, that start with why and talk about how or what second, they're placing values before facts. And when they're placing values before facts, they're doing so because they know they're engaged in a contest over the meaning of the facts. And if they control the meaning of the facts, then they'll control the opinions or judgments or actions that issue uh, from those events or the situation or the product that they're, that they're describing. Um, so in, in what, what the offhand way I use to describe this to my students is that human communication is about meaning. And humans are deeply invested in finding the meaning of the events in their lives or moments in their lives or their histories or their cultures. Uh, it's not about information exchange. Uh, information exchange may be a small and ancillary component of the communicative process. And it's not an irrelevant consideration. But people that are really good at communication know that they need to spend more time worried about thinking about the meaning that emerges from an event or a situation and less time about the information that's exchanged. So when I sit in meetings, um, people talk explicitly, when you work for a large organization, people talk explicitly about the importance of information exchange. And I sit in a lot of meetings where I have to listen to or, or I, I look at a, 
a slideshow, a PowerPoint presentation that includes some information about whatever it is. It could be enrollments data, it could be the budget, it could be uh, you know, the popularity of majors, it could be the number of students visiting campus, it could be student health concerns, whatever. I get a bunch of information um, in, in the course of a presentation. How much of that information do I retain when I leave the room? Almost none. Very rarely do I retain any of the information I get. Maybe I retain one or two bits of information from, if it's an hour and a half meeting and I have to listen to three presentations, three PowerPoint presentations, maybe I get one bit of information from one of those presentations. Um, if the presenter is really good, they position or they articulate the meaning of their presentation first and in the middle and at the end. And so if I leave with the sense of the meaning of that presentation, then I might not remember all the facts, but at least I know what mattered, why it was significant, what the view that they were articulating happened, happened to be. Um, I'm, and I'm not a stupid person. The people I'm sitting in the room with are not stupid people, but we're just not able. Like information exchange and information transmission is just not what we do as humans. Like we're not terrific at retaining a boatload of information when it's spewed at us in the form of a PowerPoint presentation. And we don't want information. Humans are not information desiring beings. We want meaning. All of us are after meaning in our lives. And um, in fact, like all of us are like wondering you know, what the meaning of our life happens to be. That's like a significant question for us. We're not asking what the information in our life happens to be. Um, so, you know, that's too big a question for a podcast like this. But the, the question is, is that should be on every communicator's mind. Okay, what's the meaning? What's the significance of this thing? When I used to teach engineers, um, we did a uh, we did a mock job interview with them, and I told them in the job interview, you're likely to leave the, an impression about the meaning of you as a candidate on the interviewer, and that's not necessarily going to come down to the information that you share with them. It's going to be a product of the interaction that you have with them, and they will, whether they like it or not, assign a kind of meaning, a kind of significance to their interview with you. Uh, and it's best to control that meaning, not the information that gets exchanged. So, um, okay, this is a relatively abstract episode, I suppose. I, I'm not necessarily giving or providing concrete advice here or a concrete set of practices that which you should follow. Um, but the, the simplest kind of Offhand, most offhand way of putting it is that good communicators think more about meaning and less about information. They worry less about whether the information they're transmitting to someone is received, and they worry more about the kind of meaning that's made of an in interaction. So, and meaning is made, not found. It's made in the interaction. So their good communicators are trying to positively participate in the, the co-construction of meaning in that kind of interaction. And again, meaning is about the significance, the view, the sense, the purpose, the value of an event, a thing, um, a moment in time, a story, etc. It answers the question, sort of, why does this matter? What's important here? What is the value of this interaction? And if we do a better job controlling meaning, we're more likely to find that uh, people's opinions, judgments, or actions will flow from meaning and not from information. So if you give someone, like, like we have all the information that we need about Donald Trump, 
he's an idiot, he's mentally unstable, um, he's narcissistic, he's a compulsive liar. You know, we can't possibly get any more information about what an awful human being Donald Trump is. But what's the meaning of all, all that is, what's the significance of all that is an open contest. For some people, that is a reason to embrace him and drives people's motivation to vote for him. Um, that is where the problem lies, not in the fact that or the information about his lying. It lies in the meaning people assign to, to that lying. So good communicators uh, pay more attention to the process of co-creating meaning and less attention to the process of information transmission. Okay, so I'll, I'm going to continue with this in the next couple episodes, trying to find or pull on strands of good communication practice regardless of context or occasion. Uh, so thanks everyone for listening, and I'll be back shortly with another episode.